She's a bit dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> you Actually. do you. Yeah. Listen, guys, this bit is about being unapologetically you, okay? Hello! <laughs> Get heart centered. Everybody but, has a story. Like, it's a choice. Anybody can get a massage and do a face mask. Ladies, how them bits. I'm dying, I just saw hashtag fangirling so hard. Guys, we're just such weirdos. That's literally what we do in person. Now you got to see it. It's that weird. <laughs> so we are recording episode 16 with you guys. So can we tell them behind the scenes what actually really happened? Yes. So, Episode 16 was supposed to be Allie interviewing Chad and I and Lindsay and Jake. And it was going to be, it was an awesome fucking episode. I'm just going to say that. Like, so fun, full of all kinds of funny stuff. The audio on it was so bad because we were all laughing and interrupting each other. And, like, it was a shit show of a call. Like, we couldn't even edit it to make it, like, listenable. It was so and, bad. Yeah, we really wanted to make it kind of like that sort of, how well do you know your, your partner kind of a Q and a, and it just, it went, it spiraled and went sideways and everybody was like yelling and talking over each other. And I went to edit and I said, I, I cannot use this. <laughs> like we literally have seven minutes of half decent audio and, and Raina had the great idea. She's like, guys, why don't we do a live Q and a, and then people can just hop on if they want. And if not, and we'll use it and upload it tonight or tomorrow for a podcast. And so that's, Awesome. Thank you guys for showing up for the lady bits. So we thought we would get it kind of started um, with two things. Number one, if you have a question that you want us to tackle right now, drop it in the chat. But we're going to um, start also with kind of a general topic that we just wanted to kind of, we'll go kind of in a round robin. Lindsay, maybe you can speak to it first, Raina, and then I'll close it out and then we'll answer any questions that you guys have. But this coming up weekend, Feb 1st. So a lot of people, you know, you're kind of on your game and then all of a sudden it falls apart. So what can you do if things fall apart? How do you not be hard on yourself? How do we keep our vision that we had so fiercely for 2020 and Jan 1st, how do we keep that fire lit? And so let's say you fell off the wagon. It's now February. Linz, you go first. Let's motivate us. How do we get back on track with anything in life? So all those big lofty goals that we had, how do we switch them back? Mm, my ADHD, I was reading that. Uh, I was reading something in the, in the thread. Okay, teacher, repeat the question one more time. Uh, basically, like, let's just start with something nice and simple with, it's going to be Feb 1st, Linz. Um, Let's say that people have kind of fallen off the wagon. You have no idea the, res you know, resolutions, goals. We charged into 2020. How do you not be hard on yourself come February 1st if things aren't going as planned? Okay, you do this. Take a deep breath, guys. Do it with me. Take a deep breath. Whatever you're doing right now, I know that your brain is like, I don't know how to take deep breaths. I have anxiety. I have depression. I blah. That's fine. Forget about all of that for just a second. And I just want you to hear someone's voice. Okay. Close your eyes and just take a deep breath. Just in through your nose and out through your mouth. Okay. Do it again. 
just forgive yourself. Shit happens, guys. My grandfather used to wear a t-shirt that literally had it embroidered on it. Shit happens. I have no idea what happened to it. It got lost in the struggle of life, as things do. Shit happens. You can make the decision to recommit at any second. At any second, you can be like, okay, I got a little bit off track. This kind of sucks, but shit happens. Why don't I not perpetuate this for another day? Why don't I not continue this, right? Because then what happens is you get into the cycle of, well, oh, tomorrow. It's like, it's like not, well, I'll use not working out for people. For me, it's like not showering, but for people, it's not working out, okay? You don't do it for one day, right? Because you're like, whatever, life gets in the way, it gets in the way, okay? The next day, though, you think it's just one day. The next day, you're like, oh, well, it's just one day. So like two days is not going to matter. It's literally a fucking science. Then you're like, oh, two days is not that big of a deal. And you keep doing this and you repeat the cycle and then you beat yourself up over the fact it's literally like the, the premise of all, it is the root of all addiction. Okay. I know it firsthand. If you continue that cycle, then it will continue. Right. And you actually are strong enough and I give you permission, okay, to forgive yourself, you are strong enough to stop that right now and be like, I don't really want to do that tomorrow. Doesn't mean you have to go balls to the wall tomorrow and like set yourself up for failure because maybe you're not there yet and that's okay. Baby steps, right? Tomorrow, if it was the working out thing, go for a little walk. Go for a 10-minute walk. You know, I'm the kind of person that I need <coughs> the extreme and I want the extreme because that is what I know works best for me so I would go and commit to a program and like make sure that I commit to that program and finish that program because that's, that's how I'm rewiring my brain because I was a chronic quitter. That's how it works for me. If you know that you will quit because that's what you do, start small. Okay? You can always commit to a program later. You can yeah. You guys, sorry. Thank you. No worries. Um, yeah, just start small. Don't get too ahead of yourself and know that you can always, you know, you can always take on more later. Yeah. That's Raina, what Raina, what's your, what's your thought? Well, I had some audio issues and then I caught the last of Lindsay's. So I'm going to say ditto to exactly what Lindsay said, but also, but also, I don't know. I think, I feel like we're talking a lot about like health and nutrition. Are we not fitness, nutrition, like your own journey maybe, or is it something, is it like yeah. how to recommit? Just yeah. how, to, track. how not to be hard on yourself, how not to, yeah. you know, if you're, yeah. I mean, I think I shared this in my stories the other day because I was listening to this podcast and he was talking a lot about like self-doubt and negative self-talk and things like that. And I shared in my story because like, as soon as I heard him say that, like he was using the example of people saying like, you know, talking to themselves saying um, like, God, you're so stupid and you're so fat. Why are you dumb? And you know, all this negative self-talk. And I had to pause the podcast and listen and just listen to it again and then pause it again and really think. And I'm like, you know what? I've never talked to myself like that. Like I've never talked to myself and called myself stupid or said that I was fat or ugly or you're so dumb or why'd you fuck up that date or, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And when I said that and shared that, so many people commented back saying, you know, oh my God, like what, how do you get to that spot? Because all I do is talk down to myself and talk negative about myself. And it was mind blowing to me how many people admitted that they do that kind of thing. And I think honestly, like, I think it comes down to personal development. I know we talk a lot about that in our jobs that we're in, but 
you know, really surrounding yourself with people that lift you up and a community that lifts you up and reading things and listening to things. Like, I think that, you know, the, like you've heard the quote, you know, whoever you surround yourself with, like, that's who you become. I think it's the same with what you watch and what you listen to and who you're following on social media and all of those things. So I don't know if I really have any advice other than just to keep like, you know, whatever your goal is, just like keep it bright and front and center and focused on that nonstop. Because I think of like, you know, my health and fitness journey and it's, you know, I know how good it feels to be healthy and I know how good it feels to be on track. And if it's something that you do struggle with, you know, in any way, shape or form, even when we talk about binge eating in a little bit, like take it one step at a time. Like it doesn't have to be a dramatic change that you commit to. It can be like cutting out one thing or committing to one thing just to find yourself in a spot where you can actually stick to something and commit to something. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that I'm, I'm a bit of the opposite to Raina where I have spoken absolutely terribly to myself. Um, as a mother, I have shamed myself, filled myself with guilt. As uh, a binge eater, I have worried and questioned why I can't stop it sometimes. Why, um, you know, I think that that self-talk is exactly what they say. Would you say that to your friend? And I go, no, but I still say it to myself because <laughs> we are our hardest, hardest critic. And I think that that's part human nature and I think that it's a lifelong battle. So the one thing that I've learned is just to be gentle. So when I plowed into 2020 on Jan 1st, I had very lofty big things. And I can honestly tell you, I'm hitting about 80%. And I'm right now gonna celebrate the hell out of 80%. And there's 20% that I have fallen off the wagon with. And that's okay. Cause I'm still batting and I'm very proud of myself for hitting those things. Now, I'm also gonna pivot. I'm going to pit, start to pivot on the things that that 20% is not aligning with because those things are the ones that probably are the hardest for me and the things that I am still uh, battling with. And the number one thing I'm going to do is ask for help and I'm going to reach out to the people that I feel I, I truly challenge you to find the people in your life that you respect enough to give you the honest, the honest deal right? And when you get the honest deal, sometimes it normalizes and makes you realize that you can strive for more. To have cheerleaders behind you, whether it's a friend, a partner, a parent, a sibling, that's amazing. Now, if you have no one, then you have to go back and be committed to it on, a, at, like, on your own because you deserve more and you demand more from yourself. And if I just make it to lunchtime, that's pretty good. So why don't we go through some of these? I love these questions, guys. The chat box is going crazy. So let's go uh, from Nikki. How did you get over the fear of confronting and accepting your real self? How did you start having hard conversations with your partners and spouse? Lindsay, that's you, baby. Mm. Real, my middle name. Okay, so... Oh, where do I start? Guys, I started with personal development. Uh, they used to call it self-help books. I'm not ashamed to say that. And I started, I couldn't afford it at first, but I knew that there were people that I looked up to that I watched on the internet that I like, you know, just followed inspirational people, influencers, right? That's what they're called. I don't really like that word, but that's what they're called. 
So I started following influencers and I was like, huh, they talk about authors, they talk about books. And then a lot of the people that I looked up to happened to also write books. I was like, this is an interesting phenomenon that the people that I find really interesting, you know, talk about their feelings and they're really aware of their feelings. And I was, how do I say this appropriately? I was surrounded within my own mind, especially, but I was surrounded by people, places, and things that fostered a negative mentality um, and a, and a victim, a victim mentality, a like, woe is me. And like, let me find a reason to complain instead of finding, you know, a solution. Cause like, there's always going to be a problem, man. Like life's always going to show up and throw like shit happens. Like I said, like, it's always going to throw some stuff at you. So how do you respond instead of react? And I grew up reacting and I, I grew up raised to react. That's all I knew. So it like, I forgot the question. Literally thinking now I don't remember what the question was. Teacher, one more time. Oh, now you guys we're, see how we're I going right into the, we're going from the chat. We're going from the chat. How did you start having hard conversation with your partner? Boom. Honesty. Okay. What you just saw fucking gut level honesty and humility. I started looking at the people that I envied and noticing that they were humble as fuck, humble pie, baby, that they were like constantly on the internet being like, this is how I got here. This is why I do this. This is the reason that I do this, right? Like, this is why I'm, you know, in this line of work or just explaining themselves and not in a victim mindset, but in an empowering mindset and in a, you could do this too. Like, I'm an, I'm a nobody. Like if you could go for your dreams too, why not you? Whatever your dreams are, they don't have to be what I'm doing instead of my whole life where I'd been told that I had to fit into this mold and I had to fit into this box. And like, I gave up drugs and alcohol when I was 19. And so I believed that I had to like live a certain life that looked a certain way. And I subscribed to that for a long time until I started what I said, being honest and, and realizing that like so much of the the anxiety and the, the just constant, oh, the constant state of panic. Like what I had you guys do, take a deep breath. If you are a person, and I'm not saying this, I'm saying this out of love, please hear me. If you're a person that could not take a deep breath, I need you to know that it's because you're unwilling to. And that's okay. So was I. I was unwilling to give myself free space to be vulnerable and I have chills saying it because it's the most terrifying space. Being vulnerable with strangers on the internet is not hard. Being vulnerable in a fucking mirror, looking at yourself naked, going, okay, I have a scar there because of this, right? A lot of the scars on my body are trauma-based. They are sexual trauma-based. They are from being kidnapped. They are from really fucked up things, guys. And I looked at those for probably six months straight every single day in the mirror and said something positive about those parts of my scalp because I had a shaved head and now I could see every single scar and dent. I said to every single stretch mark on my body, to every single, you know, everything, guys. Like I looked at my body in, in, a, in a vessel that I used to pick apart so often because I was the opposite of Reina. All day, it was like, it didn't matter what somebody else said to me. It didn't matter what a hater said to me or what my family about me I fell apart 24 7 24 7 it was like you're not good enough you know you're gonna go back to this or you're not good enough because of that or like you deserve to be with somebody that beats you you do not deserve 
to be with somebody that treats you with respect like all of it blows my mind it It blows my mind that people talk to themselves like that Mm -hmm. like it's shocking i'm still in shock we saw it somewhere it's we grew up seeing it yeah and we think that it's we think that it's okay and so my mom still does that stuff my mom still says things and i'm like holy shit like this woman survived cancer three times like you're the strongest fucking you're the baddest bitch on earth what are you talking about like and instead of getting frustrated like i used to i now empower her and i say hey you're the baddest bitch on earth what the fuck are you talking about right like because i want her to know that she is and i want her to know that like she raised something (laughs) and it's strong as fuck Well, so Raina, have honest conversations, guys, yeah. with yourself. And so, Raina, maybe you could just chime into being someone who has had to have multiple hard conversations with your partner. But that's um, the only part you, of the question that I'm, like, confused on. Like, the first part of the question, I'm like, yeah, I can answer that. And I think we've talked about that in podcasts and stuff like that, you know, just about, like, finding myself and traveling and everything that I did to like accept who I really was and the toxicity that I had to remove from my life. But, but what do you mean by like hard conversations with your spouse? Like what? That's what I'm confused on. Like, I don't know that. I mean, and which spouse? (laughs) Can we just clarify that? The ex or the current? (laughs) Like, what do I want to talk about? Yeah. Do you guys mean like alternative relationships? Like, where are we going with this? Hold on. Do you I, mean, I, like, I don't, like, I don't I, know that it's alternative relationships that everybody's That's why I'm like, what hard conversations with your partner about? About what? what? Like, like what? I, I would assume by reading the question, and Nikki, you can also, you could unmute and if you wanted to chime in. I'm just kind of piecing this puzzle together. But by her saying, how did you start? hard conversations with your partner or spouse, I would, I would assume she means, how do you start talking about anything that is a difficult subject that maybe makes you feel nervous, insecure? I will give you an example. I discussed and had a huge conversation with my husband that I'm a binge eater. That, That is a hard conversation to have. And I felt incredibly vulnerable, felt like maybe he wouldn't love me. He would judge me. I told him my secret eating spot. I told him like everything. Like, it, like revealed. I, I, I revealed, I vomited all my stuff because I wanted him to know. And so when we're saying, how did you have hard conversations? I'm just kind of tuning into the, her words start. Like, how do, you ha- how do you guys find the courage to start any conversation with your partner where you're worried about being judged? That's a good question because I have to admit that I am, I, I read that and then I hear Lindsay describe it and I immediately think like confrontation. And when I am approached or need to have some sort of confrontation, I'm like, never mind, I don't have any issues. You know what I mean? Like, I hate confrontation. So I don't know that I'm the best person to speak on this because I mean, literally every time that I would need to like say something or have a hard conversation, this is why I think I got so sick is because I hold everything inside. I don't share my feelings. I don't talk about my feelings. Are we going to do a bit of tea after this, by the way? 
we should. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I just don't, I'm not that person. And I, I guess, and it could be the way I was raised. Like my, nobody really talked about their feelings or shared anything. So I am constantly someone to hold something in. Oh, if it does come out, I'm trying to mute everybody as it like pops up. If it does turn into a situation where I have to say something, I cry immediately. I'm in tears. Like, because the, the pressure and the stress of like confrontation just immediately brings out like, not sadness, but just this like anxiety that like sparks all kinds of fear and stuff like that. But I'm getting better at it. I think I learned with the first husband and now that that's gone and I learned my lesson, I'm getting better at communication, but it's still something, I mean, like Chad and I have had many arguments where it's just like, it's just miscommunication. You know what I mean? Where I just say something and he takes it one way and I meant the other thing or vice versa. And it's, I think it's just human nature, but, um, I'm getting better at the communication side of things. So I'm going to pass on the rest of that question. Well, let's go on to another one. There's, there was a couple of other really good ones. And I think two girls definitely started talking and, you know, talked about binge eating. I mean, wait, I can, wait, 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 I have to address this. We have to, I think back. all three of us has changed my relationship. So I need to say this yes. to the person that just messaged this, please. And I'm so fucking glad that you wrote this. I, before Jake and I decided to have like our open discussion about everything, right? Used to say to him on like a Monday, hey, I need to talk to you about something. When like, when things are like, you know, chill and he would be like, yeah, I like live with you and you're a fucking cyclone and things are never chill. So let's talk now. But I would be like, no, I'm not ready when things are chill for me. And then I would like fuck him up for like two days, but I would be fine because I would be like, yeah, I'm gonna talk to him on Wednesday. So I would just compartmentalize. And then I did not know until we finally sat down for like seven hours and hashed some things out that that apparently is like a thing that women do to men that really bothers them and really fucks with them. So heads up, don't fuck with your partner because it's not cool either. Because if they came to you and they were like, hey, I'm going to talk to you about something tomorrow, you'd be like, what the fuck you are? Uh-uh, you're not leaving that chair till I hear everything you got to say. Okay, so like you need to get yourself to a space where you're chill before you talk to that person. Okay. Whatever that means, whether you in the bathroom, hyperventilate, if you need to get yourself chill. Okay. Smoke. That's what I do. What a lot of people do. I'm not like condoning, but like, I'm just saying that's what I do. Okay. 18 and over. I think, right. California, whatever. It doesn't matter. Just be an adult. Okay. Go to your partner and ask yourself if you want to be in this partnership and tell that person, Hey, I want to talk to you about something you got time right now? And if they're like, no, I don't have time right now. Let them tell you when they have time. With And you're like, hey, I really want to talk to you about something, you know, and don't be a dick and do it when they're leaving for work. Cause that's not cool. But like in the, you know, like, you know, okay, sit down and have an adult conversation. That's what I meant about have honest conversations, like with yourself, don't be a dick and sit down and have the honest conversation and know it's going to suck. And if you guys are meant to be together or you want to work through whatever it is that's there, you'll do it. And if not, you won't. And that's the reality. That's my piece. I love it. I love it. I think it all boils down to communication. That's what all three of us are saying is communication takes vulnerability. Vulnerability means you got to step into your own space, right? You got to be able to own exactly what you're going to say and be bold enough to 
say it to the person that you think deserves to hear those things. Um, and let's just go back because we want to definitely address how do you move through binge eating? Why don't you talk about that? Well, I, I will, cause I'm still in it. <laughs> um, but that's where I said, uh, for January 1st, um, my 80% includes that. Like I'm, I'm doing very well. And that's number one on my list was something that I'm trying to control. Um, and then just being gentle with myself, because I think that if you use food or alcohol or anything else to supplement feelings, it's because it's just really hard to address those feelings. So for me, it's identifying why I do that, when I do it, and then trying to find something else to help with those emotions. So for me, it's when I get overly stressed, anxiety, worked up as a mother, trying to juggle a bunch of things, and I just need that serotonin hit, or I feel I need to control. So when I feel out of control, that's where I, I like to drink and eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to do it in mass amounts and I, I do not have an off switch and I don't care <laughs> and I just give her and then I feel really good after. Do I you, oh, do you so, for, 14, for, four, for the 14 seconds? I feel really good and then I don't. And so for me, it's just really being honest. Do you know how hard it is to have two friends like Raina and Lindsay and then to say, this is what I battle with. And here's what I'm talking about. Know who you surround yourself because neither of them, neither of them were going to let me live a life less than what I deserve. And so when you can be vulnerable with women, partners, sisters, anybody, and they uphold the standard, you then want to strive. You want to run. If you don't have that person, then you have to be it for yourself. I understand that. But you know what? I'm just saying own your behavior. I think binge eating, I'm just going to say that it is usually in the closet. It's something that people don't talk about. It's something you do hidden and in secrecy. And if you, if you keep anything a secret, it just wins. So I blew I the just, lid off that one. I think more people struggle with this than we realize because, you know, we talk to people every single day and you know, being in a health and fitness business, it's like all I hear. Every time I send an application or, you know, talk to somebody, it's always that they are struggling with binge eating and munching at night and, and all of those things. And I've been there. And I think that that's why I can relate so much is just because, you know, I mean, I remember when my ex-husband would like leave the house and I would run to the kitchen, grab any kind of cereal that we had because cereal was my vice. And I would make I mean, we got like cereal bowls, not like these little bitch bowls, but like cereal bowls. You know what I mean? And I would fill the cereal, fill the milk, have a heaping bowl of cereal, stand by the window, watching out the window to make sure he wasn't like driving back up. And I'd, put, or I'd eat as many bowls. as I would eat it until it literally was up to here. Like, and it was because I felt so empty and I just needed something. I needed anything to make me feel good. You know what I mean? Being in such a shitty situation. So one my advice would be to remove yourself from any situation that is triggering any of this, right? Whether it be a relationship or just, you know, I even, even today I've, I'm completely over this, but there are times when I sit on the couch and no one's home or Chad's working and the girls are sleeping and, 
you know, I'll turn on the TV and I'm like, okay, I need something. You know what I mean? I need something in my hands. And so it's like, grab a piece of gum, go brush your teeth, go to bed. Like it's eight o'clock. It's fine. Go lay in bed. I'm not going to bring chips into bed and eat in bed. You know what I mean? Like just recognizing, I think, um, when you have those habits or feel those tendencies coming up, doing something, anything else has helped me a ton. Um, and honestly, not to like recap every fucking podcast we've ever done, but having a plan to follow helps me so much guys intermittent fasting. If you don't do intermittent fasting helps me so much, you know, eating and eating tons of food in such a small time frame, you know, by eight o'clock, I don't want to fucking eat anything. I'm so full. Um, so just, I mean, I don't know, little tips and tools and tricks like that are things that I've just learned to kind of develop through beating that because I was, I mean, I did it too. I did all of it. And I don't think it's an easy thing to overcome, especially because we have such an emotional attachment to the, to the act of doing that. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a hundred percent emotional. Like it is 110% emotional, you know, it took, it took you, I think I said it on our podcast. I think I've said it multiple times on my social media, but yeah, guys, all it takes is one person in your life to like make a difference. And I mean, obviously Ali, you have to, I'm not going to do out this, but it's different. Like Raina has an ostomy and basically said, you know, you don't eat like that's your worst fear. <laughs> Cause I was like, that's my worst fear. Well, the situation, and I don't think, I don't, I don't know that we actually shared it because I, I do want to talk about it. Like when they came to Denver, you know, they were in an Airbnb because my place now isn't big enough. And so they were, you know, every night we'd record and then they'd go back to the house. And then the next morning they'd come over and we'd work out. And every morning I would hear about the binging that went on, like the massive binging that went on. And guys, this was like over Thanksgiving. This was like we were recently. We about it like it was like. No. Because the last let's also preface it that yeah, Linz and I shared a bed. It was dark, guys. It was was a dark time for Lindsay and I. It was a dark time. Lindsay and I was like, I'm not gonna bring chips into the bed. And I'm like, what? That's like that's an appetizer. (laughs) Not anymore, but it was, but it was. But I remember Lindsay saying, I don't even remember exactly how it went, but you said something about like sharing your fears. Like, and you were like, you know, one of my fears is having an ostomy. And I'm pretty sure I said something along the lines of, well, you don't eat like that's your fear. No, I said because my only fear is having an ostomy. My only fear, only, <laughs> my only fear is having an ostomy, even though I'm like the most open about poop. Like you'd think that I would like be excited, right? No. I said my only fear and you like knee jerk, didn't hesitate. And this is the kind of friend that I want in my life. Did not even bat a fucking eye. She went, you don't fucking eat like that. And I just remember seeing Lindsay's face being like, oh. Like, (laughs) I was like, oh, (laughs) did I say that out loud? You know, but it's like, I I 100% believe that the reason I have an ostomy is because of my eating disorders, because of the extreme that I went to when I competed. Like every habit that I have had with food, I am 100% sold on the fact that I believe that that's why I have ulcerative colitis and an ostomy. And so hearing her say that and then knowing that she was going to go back at night and binge on all of this food, I'm like, I'm not going to allow that. I will not allow one of my best friends to poison herself and kill herself. Cause that's what they were doing. 
and then and I'll say that they because they were both struggling with it and so it was we had the we were, it was like in between recording podcast episodes where we're just like, it was an intervention. For it was sure. an intervention. An intervention. We had a, we did, we had a massive intervention, but here's the other yeah. thing, ladies, is really know your friends because very easily Lindsay and I could have got our panties in a knot and been like, wow, Raina, oh, thanks for speaking. Like, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like women. Without women those self-help books. Yes. We are scared to tell each other the truth. Yeah. And Raina did it to Lindsay and I in a very... Uh, non-gentle, but it wasn't a gentle subject. And um, it could have been taken any which way, but Lindsay and I both looked at each other and, you know, guys behind the scenes, the three of us laugh a lot, but we are deeply bonded because we cry a lot together. This has been so therapeutic for the three of us. Uh Um, But it's also for us to learn to share with you, right? Like, you know, if we can be those friends and say, hey, put it down because you are literally killing yourself. And, um, you know, we can giggle at those nights, Lindsay and I in that bed together, (laughs) covered in wrappers. (laughs) But um, the reality was Raina did have a pretty big intervention. And so, you know, if we can be that voice for you and to drop back to binge eating, you know, no, sorry, stop it. You have to, your life is everything. I mean, I've literally binged one time since coming back and you know, like in full transparency, the time that I binged, it was like a, in my mind, I justified it because I'm like, oh, it was a small binge. Okay. So the directly the next morning I was on the toilet the way that I used to be all the time. And my stomach was super bloated that whole day. And I just felt like shit. And I was like, oh, literally sitting on the toilet, having an epiphany, like this is why people have Crohn's disease. And I really believe that I'm not like fucking doctor and I'm not going to claim that like that's what Crohn's is you know whatever what I'm going to say is when I ate like shit I felt like shit and when I truly followed a plan that I don't want to follow a plan okay like I want to eat crap like I'm a stoner like I want to eat crap okay and I'm lazy so I want to eat crap but I have fucking Crohn's disease so I don't get to eat crap and I can't reverse that and I may have caused it but who really cares. This is how I view my trauma too, guys. Like who really gives a shit how, how it got to be? It is there. Why would I make it worse? Why would I continue to poison myself? I now am off all my meds, right? Committing to like a plan, whatever that looks like for you. You have to try a bunch because I tried a million until I found what worked for me, but committing to that plan and having an outline and like still deviating slightly because I'm me has saved my life. I'm off of all my medications. I don't take biologics. I used to take like 26 different pills, all TNF blockers and immune suppressed autoimmune fucking, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. They're all immune suppressive therapies. And I'm not telling you to get off your meds, obviously talk to a doctor, but there are so many symptoms that can be controlled through diet and exercise. And I don't mean diet by restrictive. I mean like nutrition and exercise. You know, it it just, just figure out what works for you. My body does not like to break down animals. So I stop eating animals. It sucks. I would love to eat some bacon. That's, I love animals. It is what I love animals. (laughs) Listen to your body, right? And her body, we eat the exact, me and Raina, it's so funny. We eat the exact opposite. Like if we go to a restaurant, I'm like, yeah, I'll take all her vegetables. <laughs> and I'm like, her meat, meat and cheese, cheese. her meat and cheese, I'll take her meat and cheese. <laughs> like plate swap. 
I love it. I think, I mean, I'm not going to say it's a choice, but I think that a lot of issues around eating habits are really just a decision that we have to make. And if it's a hard decision, it's because you're not, you're not, it's almost like, you know, you haven't hit rock bottom enough. You know what I mean? Like there has to be something I think that happens that makes you, and it's such a, that's so sad to have that, that it has to be that way. But I think a lot of people, no one really takes their health seriously until you have to. That's just a. It's the world that we live in. People are conditioned, unfortunately, to just yeah. be okay with the status quo. So then when something like huge happens, they're like, well, fuck, I just had a heart attack. Maybe I should watch things now. And it's like, okay, how about <laughs> you like, I don't know, look at all the signs that your body was giving you before. Like every test, guys, that I've ever done, like an actual test at a doctor's office says that I am completely fine with gluten. Okay. Trust and believe that Lindsay motherfucking Ross has tried to eat gluten because I'm like, well, the test says so I can eat the gluten. And like, trust me, I want to eat all the bread. So I'm going to figure it out. I've tried every bread possible. <laughs> every time I have gluten of any kind, my body bloats and I throw up. Why the fuck am I going to believe a doctor and not my body? Got a second opinion. Test showed the same thing. I listened to my body. Listen to your body. Get in touch with yourself. I know that you're probably like, I can't trust my body. I had so much and have, right? So much trauma in my life that I, and Crohn's. So I was like, well, I can't trust my gut because it's disease. Stop disconnecting from yourself, mama. You can totally trust your gut. It's sitting with you right now. Are you dead? No, you can trust your gut. Is it digesting all the food? Have you taken a shit today? You can trust your gut. Get out of your head. I love that. Raina, do you have a little, uh, do you have a little something for us? Like a little bow tie? No. But hold you on must. for real. But hold on for real. Are we, is it, are we done right now? Well, we're at 42 minutes. Fine. I mean, what question are we using? Do you have a question you want me to use? Does anybody have a question for the bit? <laughs> well, we didn't, there's still a couple questions in the chat. Like, what? yeah. Uh, I'm going to butcher your name. Is it Sharice? Yes, never mind. Sharice asked, what's your favorite, maybe we already answered this, what's your favorite way to get out of negative headspace when you are in the moment of overwhelm or how do you recognize that you are about to have an episode of anxiety, panic, depression, and stop it before it gets bad? How do you recognize your triggers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. It's a good one. Can I just, I'm just gonna, yeah, this whole like, I never really, like, I didn't hear the word triggers until, like, we started this podcast. <laughs> because every me? time, every, yeah, because of Lindsay, because every time I'd say something, she's like, oh, so you're triggered. And I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> does that even, like, mean? You know, but I've, like, heard it sound, oh, now Chad says it all the time, too, and I'm like, who's, well, when did all this, like, triggering happen? But I just want to share one little story because it was very eye-opening to me. It was very, um, I cried a lot, okay? But being single for like almost three years and running a business on my own, I developed this very like alpha personality. Right. And we actually talk about that. I don't think it's out yet. The alpha one yet. Um, podcast. We have a whole episode on it, but I remember like just, you know, when I started dating, now I'm like this woman who is this very alpha personality. And I like start to date this awesome, super nice, humble man. Right. And so it's been a, a, a learning curve 
as far as really controlling that and, and recognizing my triggers because it was, I don't even remember what the fight started about or what the argument, it wasn't really a fight, it was an argument started about, but he said something to me and I had to like, in my mind, I had to like jump at it and be like, no, that's not correct. Like with that attitude, you know what I mean? Like that, that alpha, like shut the fuck, like that's not how it is. And you're not going to like that kind of attitude I had. And he was like, whoa, <laughs> he literally in the middle of a fight was like, where is this coming from? And digging down into all of the like during that argument, I was like, he had said something like questioning something that I knew. And I think it had to do with nutrition, which again, very passionate about these topics, but he was like questioning something and, you know, digging down into that fight and like talking it out with him. I realized that like him questioning me triggered me to have this like defense mode because of my job and because of social media, because, you know, being on social media and being so on social media and so out there and in the public eye, it's like I'm sharing every single thing. And so the second someone talks shit or, you know, questions or is like, that's not true or whatever all of these people on Instagram, you know, say all of the time, I immediately am in this mode of like defense, right? Of having to stand up for myself and stand up for what I know and what I've researched and that kind of thing. And so immediately when he questioned me I was like you're fucking wrong you know and and approaching him with that sort of thing and so that was like a huge thing that triggered me to where you know I now have to like real life isn't Instagram real life is not the conversations that I'm having on Instagram and I really had like I was googling like how to not be so alpha <laughs> you know what I mean like how to how do I tame my alpha this now that I have a boyfriend but it was just interesting in that moment, really recognizing that trigger and recognizing where it came from. And I think, um, you know, once that happens, I think it only is going to happen a couple times before you really realize what it's coming from and what's stimming. You know what I mean? Does that make sense at all? Like you're going to recognize quickly, I feel like based on your reactions and how you take certain situations, what it's coming from and what triggers you have. But I don't know where I was going with that other than just sharing that story because it was like, one main thing that happened where I was like, oh, well, like <laughs> anybody that has to like, st like questions me, I'm like, what the fuck, you know, cause I'm, I'm having to do that so much on social media. So it was really hard for me to like separate, separate real life and, and Instagram and kind of take a step back and realize that that was like a huge trigger for me. Um, and Raina, yeah. maybe, maybe do you want to just kind of, uh, lead into Jessica has a question and it kind of goes alongside um, Raina, how do you help your girls get through the drama that is girls at school judging poor comments? She has a daughter who's 11 who deals with so many horrible comments. I just think that this kind of links up nicely with what you're just talking about. It does. Um, this is a really struggle bus one for me also. <laughs> um, I don't, and I don't know how much to share, but like Prior to them being in school, um, Ella just turned 12, but I pulled them from school because she was going through a lot of bullying, like a lot of bullying, like coming home crying. Um, after our divorce, it was like really hard. And she's kind of like me, like she doesn't voice anything, um, holds everything in. So we had two instances with her where she had ran away. Um, like 911 was called, like couldn't find, like two instances where she ran away. And then before I pulled her from school, I found out that she was cutting herself. So it was like, I had no choice but to like grab them and pull them from school. And so 
you know, we spent a year homeschooling and then we all got to the point where it was like, I needed my routine back. They needed to socialize, right? They were like desperate to like talk to kids their own age. Um, so I had a lot of like just hesitation and stress and kind of anxiety going into putting them back into public school. Um, but, you know, I think that a lot of the, a lot of what they go through can be helped by how we talk to them and how we are with them at home. Um, you know, I, I try to spend, Kinsey's passed on the couch right now and all is upstairs, but I try to spend as much time as I can with them and just, you know, they're young girls, like, and, and yours is 11. Like, they need to hear how beautiful they are and they need to hear how smart they are and they need to hear how funny they are and they need to hear all of these compliments. And so I put them into this school. We actually got placed at a different school um, where they are um, just, they don't fit in completely. And it's been very challenging. And there have been a lot of already like negative things being said to them and stuff like that. And I'm just coming to the realization that this is just public school. This is kids nowadays. And it's really, really fucking sad. Um, but as soon as they get on the car, I ask them how their day was and I let them let it out and I talk to them and do my, it's, it's so hard sometimes to not be like, who the fuck was it and what they say and where do they live? You know what I mean? And like wanting to beat the shit out of an 11 year old and, and doing everything you can in your power to just be positive in that situation. Um, I don't know. It's helped it's helped them a lot, I think, to get them plugged into other things. Like they're doing clubs after school and they're doing things like that that really do lift them up and make them happy. And and I think that helps. Um, outside of that, I don't really, yeah, it's just us making up for the lack of what they're getting at school, you know? Like us being able to talk to them. And, and like Kinsey's in, I put her in hip hop and um, like she has a couple of friends that she's developed at this new school, but she talks more to this girl at hip hop class than she does with the girls at school. You know what I mean? Just because they have more things in common and they're not talking shit to one another and they don't see each other five days a week for eight hours a day. And it's just school now is so much different than when I was in school. And it probably doesn't help that, you know, my school was the smallest school in America and I was not exposed to a lot of things, but it's, it's scary and it's mind blowing what is going on in schools today. So I don't know that that was even advice other than to just hang in there and they'll be 35 soon and they'll have all their shit together. <laughs> I mean, I'm 35. Maybe but you're saying they're going to be me soon. Maybe. I know. Maybe. Yeah. I wish I'm, I am not a perfect parent by any means. Um, and I'll never claim to be, I think I struggle more than a lot of people do just because I am so independent and I did have kids when I didn't plan it. You know what I mean? And so it's all kind of been just a big learning experience for sure. Is that good enough answer for you, Alan? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I, you are in, yeah. You well, I'm in, teach kids. I'm in, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm in the front line guys. I'm a high school theater teacher. So I, I am, I deal with it all. I see it all. I hear it all. I, my heart breaks for kids. Um, and like I kind of wrote in the chat, the number one thing is keeping them involved, trying to find their community, whatever they are showing you, they are passionate about, cheer them on and get them with that same like-minded child. You know, um, 
you know, anytime I've talked to Raina about her teens, you know, getting them involved in hip hop, great, keep it going, whatever they love, keep pushing it, find a new class, find the people. Who's this girl she's talking to? Invite her over. Like, you know, we Allie have- was a huge, I mean, Allie was a huge help through all of this because I mean, there were, there was a day for instance, where I was in the bathroom floor crying and she FaceTimed me and I'm just like, <laughs> like, at the point of crying where my breath is just being taken away because I was so stressed and mad and just like, you know, so many emotions that come along with being a parent. And I think, you know, as a mom, we tend to hold a lot of this stuff in and we don't have a lot of people that we can talk to about it. And so, I mean, I'm an open book and I'm here if you ever want to chat and Allie works with kids all day long and is definitely like, as soon as stuff was going on, she was the first person I thought of to, you know, ask advice and just chat with just to get direction because none of us know what the fuck we're doing believe it or not and and if I, the one thing that's crazy about teenagers 13 to 18 18 every single one of them is going to get bullied mm-hmm. every single one of them is going to feel shitty and depressed and low that is the roller coaster that is the teen years there is no well, i've just seen teen. i've just seen too many fuck i shouldn't have watched 13 reasons why oh i just want to no. say that no i talk about that all the time to chad and i'm like that show just completely and totally fucked me up because I have, I'm itching right here. So I'm ripped. But as soon as she came home and you know, even Kinsey, Kinsey's been dealing with stuff at this school, not even Ella, like Ella was at the last school and Kinsey's at this school. And it's just like roles are reversed. And so as soon as Kinsey comes home talking about these girls that are like calling her racist and shit, I'm just like, fucking tell them you're not. And she's like, mom, if I tell them I'm not, then they're going to want to fight me. Like that's me coming back at them and they're going to want to fight. And I'm like, I've just watched so many shows where I'm like, if people start touching you or bullying you or doing anything, like you tell me and I will fuck them all. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm too aware, I think, of, of the reality of schooling the school system today. I don't know. It was so heartbreaking. I was like, I mean, it made me sick to my stomach. Why for days. do you guys watch that stuff? Sad porn. It's sad porn. Dude, Stop watching sad porn. I know. But what's fucked up is it's realistic sad porn. Like, it's things that can actually happen. And it's things that do, do happen. Like, it's things, things that do blow. Happen. It's things that do happen. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's what's so fucked up about it. So all I'm doing is, like, picturing my kids in this school where all of the shit's going on. And I'm like, I will, oh, my God, hold me back. <laughs> mama going in, you know, it's just like, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean the 13 to 18, it's a wild ride. And when I sit with parents and parent teacher, I go, just hold on, baby. Just hold on. No teen makes it through unscathed. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's normal. Doesn't make it right, but it's normal. And that's such a harsh thing to say, but it's normal. (laughs) Well, and I want to give you the other side of it because I was Like I'm sitting back here and I'm like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. Like I was the bully. Okay. So the fucked up shit that was going on in my house, I'm not saying that it's okay that I was, that's it. That it gives me carte blanche to touch people. But what I'm saying is how come, I think it's way better now. I mean, I I know it is. I know it's way better now than it ever was where the second a kid starts acting up in school, they're like, well, what the fuck's going on at home? But like, when I was a kid, that wasn't a thing. Like nobody asked me fucking questions and like, don't ask, don't tell. So it was like, I thought nobody would believe me even if I did tell. Right. And we kind of, we kind of make our kids think that. So there's a reason I don't have kids guys. Like just know, just give your kids a safe space to talk to you so that they do come home and they say, Hey, this is what's up. Like Raina's kids knew that they could be like, what the fuck is going on here? 
Well, and I think like, I'm very quick to explain to them, like, like, and, and Chad being this like quiet, like centered, like no emotion, whatever, like in a conversation, he's like, you don't know what their home life looks like. Like they could be going to school and it's like the only positive experience that they get to witness. And also like, just, they don't, they're not, they're not growing up like, like my kids are, you know what I mean? Like they have completely and totally different lives. And so as soon as Kenzie or Ellie gets in the car and they start talking about these things, I'm very quick to be like, listen, this is, you don't know what's going on at home. It could be insecurity. It's probably there. It's jealousy a little bit. Like there are so many things behind why these kids are acting the way they do. And so I'm just trying to remind them of, of those before anything else, you know? I don't know. Parenting, guys. Hashtag hard. Hashtag hard. <laughs> Hashtag team no kids. Hashtag <laughs> wine. <laughs> yeah. We do uh, have a, uh, a motherhood uh, episode coming up quick, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, and it's uh, really good. Oh, we actually dig really deep into that one. Yeah. What, what's so good about that episode coming up is we had Raina who had kids young. I had kids oldish, old. uh, oh, super old, uh, <laughs> super oh, old. Oh. Uh, we had our friend Amanda who is partnered up, but is kind of on the fence. And then Lindsay who has said no kids. And it's interesting through our conversations to see where everybody's thoughts are on motherhood and how certain people's perspectives were starting to shift. So very interesting. It is interesting. Do we want to have a little- Let's do a bit of tea, but I don't have a question for anyone. Let's go, let's go. One one big, bold question, ladies. We'll shout you out. Let's get a bit of tea. You get get some lady bit swag for answering. Any bit of tea, (laughs) jot it down. Make it light, make it fluffy. Yeah, anything Something you want. Anything Who has a question? So funny. I'm like, make it serious. Serena's like, make it light. Make I it hate light. it. No, and I'm like, serious, no, I hate serious. the serious question. Serious. <laughs> yes, we, we we like we like the bit of Tay to be light and fluffy. Says sometimes. Oh, here yeah. we go. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. What's your favorite cocktail dessert treat? All of the above. Can we answer three? What three of them? Anything with weed in it. <laughs> I was just gonna say, let's let Lindsay. Hey, Linz, yeah. What's your favorite? I have to go. I have to go eat those. What? <laughs> wine or beer or weed? No alcohol for me. No, thank yeah. you. Was, the what, was that your answer? Was that your answer? Was weed? Weed. Okay, weed, yeah. that was Anything your answer. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite. I'm gonna answer each. My favorite cocktail. I love tequila. Tequila is my drink. If I do drink. Um, my favorite dessert is cheesecake, any kind of cheesecake. It has to be good cheesecake, like no like hotel cheesecake, like good fucking cheesecake. Um, treat and that is the same thing, I think. So that's mine. Yeah. Cocktail, tequila on the rocks. <laughs> duh. Um, dessert, home baked goods, like just stuff like special like- brownies. Yeah, special brownies that I bring her. <laughs> you know, you I know, started so- reading the questions. That's why I was like, wine or beer? No, no alcohol. I just bring her the weed that I eat. Allie's that's- answer is also <laughs> go Canada. <laughs> go Canada. Um, and the wildest thing you guys have done together, stay tuned. Oh, just wait. I hate you guys. Yeah, I just hate wait. you guys. 
Stay tuned. Okay, I, this is not going to be fun. Listen, the lady bits are going to be separated after February. I can tell already. <laughs> this, listen, know, my, birthday, my birthday is on February 10th, and we're going to be in L.A. recording. And these they think they're going to plan something super Listen, extreme. And I'm I've like, already said no multiple <laughs> times to myself when I've been like, oh, Allie and Lindsay would really like that. Marina would not like that. Next, <laughs> Allie and Lindsay would really like that. Marina might like, no, Marina won't like that. Next. So, like, me and Allie have a bunch of things that we want to do. I have no <laughs> idea what this dish wants to do, though. Although, <laughs> Like, just take me for food and a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that all is going to happen, obviously. Date and a tattoo. But it was so funny. When I think it was a couple trips ago, I came to visit Raina and I was like, you know, we got to do something. You and I, like, really, like, we got to have memories. But I was like, let's book skydiving. Let's you and I jump out of a plane. And Raina was it like, it's a Tuesday. And I'm like, what the? I'm going to skydive on a fucking Tuesday afternoon. Who are you, Allie? But then, Raina, you did hum and haw about it, and I pushed it a bit, and then you were like, okay. We didn't, by the way. We didn't, but, you know. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see. We'll see it's what, so what wild adventures, the wildest things we've done together. We, we do, we just, you know what, guys? We're very simple, simple girls. We love to have a good time, good laugh. Um, we're very fortunate. I think, I think the best of our times are spent in a circle with snacks and weed and just laughing. In a circle. Yeah. Like that 70s show. <laughs> in a circle with weed. Think of that. Yeah. Yeah. Fact. A circle of yeah. trust, guys. Yeah. Circle of trust. Smoke circle. You got it, Sarah. <laughs> yeah. You get it. See, you know. Yeah. Aww. So, um, but you guys, thank you so much for hopping on. We're going to use this as a podcast. We wanted you guys to be a part of it because it's all about community. Going back to, you know, discussions about high schoolers, whether you need to be vulnerable, whatever it is, community, community, connection. Like that is it. So that is what our driving force is behind Lady Bits. And we would love you guys to tune in every single week. And if you can take a picture, share it on social media, say hi to everybody, say I was on with these girls, check them out, because we love you. Dexter's even saying hi. Hi to everybody. Oh, dogs connect. Yay. Oh, they, 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 I love this. They look at they have the same type of face. Hey, it's a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Okay. Now nah, they're all shy. They're like, oh, do you see what our mothers are doing? I guarantee you both of them just looked at the screen and went, yeah, are you fucking kidding me? They're like, they're like, why are moms doing this? To Humans, us? you guys suck. Thank you guys <laughs> so much for Thank tuning you in. Guys. Thank you for your questions and your vulnerability. We appreciate it. And, uh, you know, till next time, take care of those bits. Bye, yeah. guys.